0: Welcome to the Literacy-Based Speech Podcast. Today, we'll be discussing the importance of using a literacy-based approach in speech therapy. What is the SLP's scope of practice and the role a literacy-based session can have with our speech sound disordered students? And we will wrap up with some specific book suggestions for you.
1: So let's start with the basics. What is a literacy-based approach in speech therapy? A literacy-based approach involves using children's books, storytelling, and other literacy materials to improve language and communication skills. So, we all love books, we love using them in therapy, but are we really getting the best use of them? I like to say, and I've said this to Kaylin before, while there isn't really a wrong way to read books to kids, there is a
0: better way. Yes. And when we read in any capacity to kids, it's beneficial. However, for a therapeutic tool, we can be intentional in how we present the book. It focuses on using literature as the tool to target goals such as vocabulary, grammar, narrative skills, and phonological awareness. Basically, it's more than just using a book as part of the theme, which we talked about in our previous episode. A literacy-based approach provides a natural context for targeting specific language skills.
1: Right, so children's literature, and yes, that can include science books like National Geographic, fiction, nonfiction books, they all qualify, is an immensely useful intervention tool. Researchers in countless studies have demonstrated that storybook sharing introduces children to the language, ideas, and types of information important in narratives. Children are taught, to predict, to analyze character motivations. They are taught story structure and countless other language skills. Narratives specifically are central to our lives. It's how we organize our experiences. Narratives follow a traditional story grammar pattern. And so teaching kids to recognize this pattern will help them with a schema or a plan.
0: Yeah. So this is helpful to all of us if we think about this in the context of other events in our lives. So if you travel, you often get an itinerary. When you go to a professional development course, the agenda is provided to you. Teachers in the classroom have the day mapped out, and it's often posted on the wall. This gives students guidance of what to expect to happen. Understanding story grammar of a narrative gives the kids the ability to organize and regulate their comprehension.
1: Right. And so we use books because narrative competence matters for success in school. I think that statement from Teresa Ukrainitz is worth repeating. Narrative competence matters for success in school. In school, narratives are used to teach and display academic knowledge, and language skills.
0: And Ashley, you often mention that you get people asking either in your Instagram messages or even questions on TPT for the evidence to support using books as the primary tool in therapy. In every school, the role of the SLP may vary, but that doesn't change the fact that literacy is our domain.
1: Right. So I think of this when I worked in a hospital, one of my first jobs out of school. So I worked in a hospital and we did, you know, um, among all the different things that we were required to do. I did swallow studies all day long as an SLP. A girlfriend of mine who I graduated from college with, she worked in a neighboring state in a very similar hospital. They, the SLPs did not do the swallow studies. The, o- the occupational yes. therapist, Yeah, the OTs. OTs did. Yes. And I found that to be like, I thought that was crazy like, what do you mean the SLPs are not doing the swallow studies? And she thought I was crazy. What do you mean the SLPs? So, you know, SLPs, our role varies from school to school or district to district. You know, some SLPs, literacy and using books and a reading approach is within their regular everyday activities. And for some, it is not. So reading is language That includes writing and spelling, morphology and orthography are language-based. So all of that is within our scope of practice since 2001. And this is some of the research. We will provide all of this in the show notes. But I want SLPs to know that if your principal comes to you or your supervisor comes to you and is like, why are you you using so many books? That's for the reading specialist. Well, you can say, no, this, this is our scope of practice. In 2001, it has been the position of ASHA that SLPs play a critical and direct role in the development of literacy for children and adolescents with communication disorders. This role includes the identification of children who are at risk for reading and writing problems such as dyslexia, and as outlined in ASHA's position statement, the connections between spoken and written language are well-established and spoken language provides the foundation for the development of reading and writing. So it's within our scope of practice. It may not be in necessarily in your district or the past, like if you're new to a school, the past SLP may not have done reading as much, but it's in our domain. So don't be scared.
0: So switching gears a bit. Is there a place for a literacy-based approach with speech sound disorders? That's another question we get all the time. So children with childhood apraxias speech may also experience reading difficulties, including difficulty with phonological awareness, decoding, and word recognition. School-age children with speech sound disorders are at risk for later literacy deficits, and strategically addressing their language and emerging literacy needs, in addition to speech production accuracy, may lead to increased intelligibility and better educational outcomes.
1: Right. So it's essential to address not only the child's speech sound errors, but also their language and literacy skills to make sure that they are able to succeed academically. So you can't just treat their speech sounds. You must look at it globally. A literacy-based approach can help improve phonological awareness, which is the ability to identify and manipulate sounds in words, as well as other you know, important language skills, such as vocabulary, grammar, and narrative skills. So there is a lot of overlap.
0: Yes, Ashley, and here's some of the research that justifies a literacy approach to facilitate phonological awareness. The language and phonological awareness deficits of children with childhood apraxia are related to the risks for reading failure. To a lesser degree, motor speech deficits and speech sound production also increase risks for reading difficulties. The findings justify early intervention for this subset of children. Children with speech sound disorders often struggle to develop strong underlying phonological representations. Again, the reference for this will be put in your show notes.
1: Right. There's more research that has found that even when children with speech sound disorders receive that early speech intervention and sounds, they are successfully remediated, they may still be at continued risk for later reading, spelling, and academic difficulties. So you can't isolate your kids with apraxia, speech sound disorders. You have to make sure, because it's our role as SLPs, we have to make sure that we're not just releasing them or discharging them from therapy without checking on those other language skills that may be underlying as to why they had speech sound disorders.
0: Similarly with dyslexia, Because dyslexia involves a deficit in phonology, it is plausible that individuals with dyslexia likewise show difficulty with speech production in some capacity. Speech production is, after all, heavily reliant on an intact phonological system. Children with dyslexia commonly have a history of poor oral language skills in early childhood.
1: Right, so there are a lot of books that we want to give you guys as good suggestions For childhood apraxia of speech or your kids with speech sound disorders, books that have great repetitive text are ideal for those kids. And I do have a free download on my website that we will link to in the show notes. But just a couple off the top of my head, Caps for Sale is a great book that has repetitive text because kids can join in with this and they're going to feel with repetitive books, they're going to feel more empowered and they can practice specific words or phrases so Caps for Sale is one. The House that Jack Built has a lot of repetitive phrases in that book. The series, That's Not My. So these are cute little bo- board books. I think they're Usborn, mm-hmm. But it's like, that's not my puppy. That's not my unicorn. That's not my dog. That's not my dinosaur. There's lots of them. You can find them at so many stores. Another one is Jump Frog Jump. So again, any of the repetitive books, I do have a free list. So we will link to that in the show notes. And then Kaylin, you have some, a good list of books for really good story grammar.
0: Yes. And back to the repetitive, just to say, it just takes the pressure off of it. And so it allows a lot of practice, but they also don't have to think about it because it's repeated so often. Exactly. And even on your blog posts, you go into that information. So books that offer great story grammar to use. Katie Hudson. I love her books. So Too Many Carrots, A Long Winter's Nap. Those are a few of her books. And then Fletcher Books by Kate Mesner. It has all these books have a good problem, a plan to fix the problem, and then steps, and then a, a great conclusion. So Julia Donaldson's books are great. There's a book y'all are familiar with, Brave Irene, Click Clack Moo, Sheep in a Jeep. And then Dr. DeSoto. Dr. DeSoto is actually a book that we are going to use next week when we discuss how to implement a literacy-based speech therapy session. So we will walk you through how we do it. And then we will give examples using the book, Dr. DeSoto. It's a great, really funny book. So we just talked a lot <laughs> and threw a lot of information at you guys, threw a lot of research quotes at you guys. And so I just wanted to put it out there that if you have any questions, please reach out to us through our DMs on Instagram at literacy based speech therapy and then go back to the show notes. Again, we will be listing the references.
1: A lot of times I get messages from SLP saying, I want to use more books, but I mean, it's almost like they have to defend their reasoning for using books. And so we will provide you with all of these research quotes that, that you can kind of have them in your arsenal as far as A, justifying to yourself. Yes, books are good to use in speech, but hey, if you have to justify this to your supervisor or a principal or someone while you are using a literacy-based approach you can have the evidence to back it up so join us next week when we are going to discuss how to implement a literacy-based speech approach what a typical therapy session would look like and we are going to use the book Dr. DeSoto as an example so if you want to have that book on hand it will be a great tool to use. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We know you're a busy SLP, so thanks for spending some of
0: your time with us today. Click the description for this episode on your listening app, or go to sweetsouthernspeech.com to access the show notes. We will include any links mentioned.
1: And to continue the conversation, come hang out with us on Instagram, at Literacy Based Speech Therapy, where we share lots of books to use in your therapy sessions.
0: We would love to hear your thoughts on what you heard today. Please leave us a review on your listening app. We'll catch you in the next episode.